So today, how many of you enjoyed uh, my brother last week? Wasn't that good? Okay. I tell you, <laughs> I love my brother. I always tell him, I say, you're the best brother in the world. And, you know, I just, he's two and a half years older than me. And uh, we, we had some interesting, too. Well, let me just tell you this. My father was really a blessing to my brother. But he, but he beat me up. I mean, it's like, what the heck? And um, we were praying, he, he's involved in Gideon's, and they haven't been able to do this since COVID, but he took me into the jail to minister with him, and um, he, he's, he's uh, really good at it, you know, because you don't say, can you all gather around, you know, he just walks in, hi, my name's TK Thrower, and I'm here to preach the gospel to you, and you don't have to get up or sit, you can sit down if you want to, I'm going to start with Mark chapter 4, and he just go, go right into it, you know, and guys are laying in the bed, and they start to look up around, you know, stuff like that, and I'm saying, go Tommy, <laughs> He says, in a little bit, my brother here is a pastor. He's going to share something with you. He just rapid fire in there, you know, and, and um, he's had some fruit from that. Had a guy come, uh, one guy uh, came up to him when he was out in the ballpark with his uh, son years ago, and he said, uh, the guy came and says, uh, you came in and preached the gospel in the county jail one time, and I, I was laying in the bed, and I didn't uh, get up and acknowledge you or anything, but that day I cha- my life changed, and I straightened my life out, and I found you today in the park, and I've come to thank you. But that's something. So anyway, he looks at me, and he says, uh, you want to share? And I, I said, hey, the same, I told him, I said, the same person that was a blessing, the f- my father was a blessing to my brother. He was, but he wasn't a blessing to me. And in, 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 uh, one day he blew up and pinned me to the floor and beat me up and all that stuff. And I, I said, probably you're in here in jail because maybe you don't have a good relationship with your father. I had all our hearts right there. And then I said, there's one of you I don't know which one you are, but there's one of you that the moment you decided to rebel against, somebody in your family's in the ministry, and you rebelled against that person, and that's the, it led you to a series of bad decisions. That's, that's why you're in here today. And this guy standing right in front of me, it was me. <laughs> he reaches through the jail. We, we, you know, I said, let me pray for you. You know, see, you never know. You know, the Lord knows on every single heart. He knows every, and see, the Lord knows the need in your heart today. And so I want to pick up from kind of a little bit from where uh, TK left off last Sunday and talk about the function of biblical faith. The function of biblical faith. How many of you today would like to be encouraged <laughs> in the function or operation of biblical faith in your life? Would that be helpful? Okay, because buckle up. Uh, how many of you would like to increase your faith in the Lord? Okay. How many of you need to obtain a promise from the Lord? So first, I need you to know this. Just kind of put Put, would you do this just for fun? Just put both your hands behind your ears, ready? The first thing you need to know is how deeply in love God is with you. He loves you so deeply. He cherishes your soul. He cherishes your life. You cannot do anything to earn salvation. He's done it all for you. Do you hear me? Oh, you guys look so funny. I just wanted to say it that way. You, know. you don't receive Christ by doing anything except placing your faith in all that he has done for you. 
And, you know, Paul, Paul was really kind of like uh, dealing with that issue when, within the, in the gospel, in, in the book of Galatians, in the book of Galatians, he has this little section in there. He talks about, look, guys, you can't add anything. And there was these Judaizers, these guys that said, you have to be circumcised too. You have to add something to the grace, and they're called Judaizers. They would go around behind Paul, no matter where he preached, and try to add the law to to the grace of God and mess him up. And he said, it's not about that. He said, the only thing that matters is this. He says, this is what counts. He says, it's faith working through love. Everybody say that, faith working through love. Faith working through love. See, if you know how much he loves you, your faith increases. It's good soil. If you think God's mean and mad, it's bad soil. He's got to work in you just to get you to respond to how loving and caring He is because faith will really produce in good soil and that good soil is made from the revelation of how deeply He loves you and me. Let's just thank Him. He loves us so much. He came to reveal the Father's heart and He came to reveal that love and he, that's, where the, uh, that's where the promises flourish. So let's go ahead and put up Toby's, uh, my brother's, uh, uh, that statement he said. So if you know the Lord loves you, then you can say, let's say it together. I am walking in the light of the word and the word of God says he has heard me. The word says I am healed. The word says I have my healing and I believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that's something that you need to have. See, look, I'm going to probably get right into this. Okay. You have a bad experience like I did. You have a terrible experience and then you feel worthless and shamed and you go through life with this whole sense of, of a belief system that is thinking that God is mad at you or something. Okay, and so that's not going to produce that, that love, right? It's not going to happen. And then, um, so here's what happens. Inside of you, your belief system comes up out of your spirit or your, your basically your, your uh, subconscious too, you know, that. And uh, so... In, in that realm, in that realm, how many of you figured, I've already known this, if you speak a lot of negative, you begin to believe a lot of negative. If you speak a lot of negative here, you begin to believe in a lot of negative here. If you speak a lot of positive here, you begin to believe a lot of positive here. It's just the nature of how we're designed. The subconscious or the realm of your even your spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit wants you to feed the good thoughts, Right? How many of you have had moments where the Lord's had to deliver you from the stronghold of a bad thought so you can start filling in the good thoughts? It's so easy in our fallen nature to end up with the bad thoughts and a bad belief system. It just comes with the fallen nature, just the nature of how it, how it is. But we're going to talk about the function of faith because the function of faith is actually, get, like you said, getting something in your spirit where you have a strong, deep conviction. So I want to... Um, uh, a conviction that what's going to happen is what God says is going to happen, not through your past. You're going to be ruled by that. Hebrews 11, verse 6 in the Amplified Version says this. Read it with me. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. Let's look at that rewards part. Okay, you're not getting salvation. Everything's free, but there is something about seeking Him. Seeking Him. Now I'm going to go ahead and get into a little bit of a, a definition for us for faith. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In the King James Version, it says, now faith is what? It says the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. These are the same words. Um, first of all, I'm going to look at the word faith. Faith is the word pistis. It's, it's a conviction of the truth of anything. See, faith is like oh, free. When you have, I have faith that this stool is going to hold me up. There you go. So that's a, that's a, a, a faith. So faith is a truth about anything. It's belief. But in the New Testament, it's about a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and a holy fervor of faith joined with it. So now, okay, now we're going to start adding to this because he says now faith is the, it's going to add this other stuff to it. But before we do, I want to say faith, this one other scripture out of the Amplified, Second Corinthians 5, 7 says this, for we walk by faith not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Okay, put the next slide up. Not by sight includes all of the five senses. Are you with me? It includes taste, touch, smell, hearing, and sight. Next slide. We will focus on the function of faith's spiritual seeing and hearing. See, there is your spirit sees and hears, though. Are you ready? Not, we're not talking about the physical seeing. Oh, I see this symptom. Oh, look at this symptom. Oh, I must be, I better go look up on Wikipedia and see how sick I really am. I could die. Maybe I'm going to die. I just read somebody's mail apparently, right? Now, there, see, uh, seeing and hearing, not physical seeing and hearing. So the, there are eyes of faith that see things hoped for. What's hope for me? What's hope? Hope is a preferred picture of the future. See, the Holy Spirit can show you your body healed. The, the Lord will whisper something. You'll be in your devotions and the Lord will whisper something to you and you've got to grab that. He just tossed up a seed this is how blessed your life's going to be. Do you want it? And the bird comes flying by to grab it. Now there's a contest. Am I going to take this? Am I going to hold on to it? Write it down? There's something so powerful. The most powerful pull on your life should be your future. And you should have that scripted in Christ. I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to live an overcoming life. So there's the things hoped for. It's, a, it's something you see. How many of you have had the devil come and say, it's going to be really lousy. It's going to be worse than you've ever imagined. Your life is going downhill. You're going to be bummed out a lot lately. And you go, I guess so. Little sheep. <laughs> Shepherd, get over here. You know, the Lord wants, to, I'm trying to be, lighten it up a little bit, but the Lord wants you to not receive that stuff and to be, as Joyce Meyer would say, think about what you're thinking about. And there are ears of faith. How many of you know faith has ears in your spirit, man? Romans 10:17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So now, okay, this next slide. Now, faith is the assurance or substance of things hoped for. And this word assurance or substance is hypostasis. 
Now look at this. It means to stand by something and to refuse to even budge from it. This is what this word means. To stand by something and refuse to budge. Everybody say fixed decision. Fixed. It is a fixed decision. See, this word substance, this word assurance, it's a fixed decision. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I hear. I am healed. It's fixed. Nothing's going to budge you off of it. By the way, this whole definition of faith, faith is the assurance. Now, what, look at this. Faith is standing by things hoped for. This next slide. Like a bulldog that has found its, the bone of its dreams and has wrapped its jaw around that bone and refuses to let go. This means that we must wrap our spiritual jaws around the promise of God. And nothing is going to take it away. Nothing is going to take it away. It doesn't matter how hard life or the trials or symptoms try to take away the promise. The person has wrapped their spiritual jaws around that promise and will never let go until it's fulfilled. That is biblical faith. Somebody say, hallelujah, this is what I want. Yeah, come on. Because hell will, you know, I've got all kinds of stories about how the symptoms just kind of keep showing up. Unless demons come out here, you want another symptom? You seem to really like the last ones. I look like a vendor out there. I got another symptom for you. You want this one? How about this one? You want this one? No to all of it. Well, it's coming up in my head over and over. So I might as well. Some of you have heard the story. Many haven't. But I got sick. Heather and I were. I was in. In it was January. It was in Los Angeles, and I was in an apartment building there. I got sick. I got sick. I was sick for three weeks. Three weeks with the flu. Three weeks. I had this temperature coming, you know, 104 and down to 100. 104. It was like sick, just drain, dry. Finally, I, I responded to the Word of God, and uh, Heather says, Hey, why don't we call the elders of the church and have them come over and do something? So I had some uh, two guys come from the church, and they walked in. And they, uh, we started praying. It says, you know, if you have any sick among you, have the elders of the church come and pray and pray the prayer of faith. I was so beat down, I needed some help. And these guys came in, and they believed with me. And I remember kneeling on the, before the couch there, and they laid their hands on me. And right there in that moment, get this, suddenly I knew I was healed, and it was a big game with the devil. I knew it. Faith went, the prayer of faith, the faith dropped in my spirit. I knew I was healed. I still felt lousy, but I knew I was healed. We went around and emptied all the trash cans, of all that blowing your nose and stuff, all that stuff everywhere. Got rid of all that spirit out of the house. The spirit of sickness. The reason I knew, the reason I ended up calling the guys is because I was feeling better. And I reached for the thermometer. And when I reached for the thermometer, I felt fever come over me. I went, whoa, this is a big lie. This is a lie. Somebody's, the spirit of infirmity is attacking me. Does that make sense? So I said, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I'm not, I'm not responding to that. And the bulldog laid hold of the healing promise. And I went, I got it now. I got it now. 
Everybody say tenacity. There's a, there's a level of relentless. Say relentless. There's times when you go, I don't care what it feels like. I believe God. And you, in your spirit, that, that whole idea of the rising up in faith and you know. Now there's other things that are more long-term. We address those as well. It says, so Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The word conviction is evidence. It's proof. Proof by which a thing is tested or proven. I will never forget this. This is the craziest thing. I was in uh, Texas, and I, I needed a job, and there was this, I, felt, I met this guy at church, and um, he said, yeah, this, this guy over here is uh, going to, he's hiring, it's a real nice company. They um, basically help people with their retirement uh, with uh, this uh, 401k plan, and they, you go in to see, talk to, anyway, they, it's a big thing. And uh, I, I, re, I, knew, I knew, I needed a job, and I felt like it was mine. I just knew it, I just knew it, I just knew it. And I remember being across the street from my house, talking to the neighbor. I said, yeah, I'm really going to enjoy this job. And he, comp he said, well, God bless you in your new job. I hadn't even been to the interview. And I was walking away going, he just congratulated me on having a job. I haven't even been to the interview yet. Is that faith? And I went to the interview and I got the job. And later when I was working there, they said, Roger is the only guy that ever came in here and knew he had the job before we gave it to him. Faith will reach out and take. Hello. hello. There's other areas. Heather, Heather was just reminding me when we went on our vacation this uh, last two years ago, it seems like now. And she had this uh, problem that kept rising up in her, in her uh, legs and stuff. And it was very painful, and it's right the day before we're going. I mean, we're literally going to go now, and uh, she's like getting debilitated in her physical body. And uh, I rose up in my spirit. And I commanded her body to be healed. And I commanded the spirit of infirmity to leave her. And it did. And she didn't have any pain the rest of the trip. Isn't faith a good thing? Jesus is a, put this, well, let me, let me define it first of all. The reward, he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. And this is what I want to speak to just for a little bit here. Why did Jesus, what did Jesus mean when he said your faith has made you well? How many times, how many times has he said that? Let's look at a few of them. Here's some examples. Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood. Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Everybody said, Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Here's the ten lepers. List of the ten lepers. Luke uh, 17, 19. And he said to them, Rise and go your way. What? Your faith has made you well. Here's the faith of blind Bartimaeus. Mark uh, 10, 52. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your what? Faith has made you well. My goodness. And immediately he recovered and his sight and followed him on the way. The centurion, remember this guy, uh, Matthew uh, 8, uh, 13. And the centurion, uh, Jesus, to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Now, I want to talk about that one just for a second. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, 
a Roman soldier came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed in horrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer says, no, no, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come. Look, he wasn't a Jew. This guy's a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. He says, I'm not worthy to come into your home. Get this. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. And I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he says, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you that many Gentiles will come from all over the world. Yeah, to all over the world, from the east and the west, and sit down and... Um, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and feast in the kingdom. He's saying all of the world Gentiles like this guy are going to believe. How That's us. He says, but uh, there's also going to be many from the, whom um, in Israel that for whom the kingdom is repaired, they'll be thrown into outer darkness and they'll be weeping and gnashing their teeth. Here's the thing. Jesus was the actual Messiah. He's coming. He's walking up. He is the Savior of Israel. And there were people denying that. But there were many, many, even around that, that were not Israelites that said, this, this person has authority. He taught as one having authority. Let's go ahead and just declare, Jesus, you have all authority over all of my life. All, all of my life. See, because see, this is what, what we'll see in a minute. Let, let, me get, let me get to this next one. And it says, then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Now, see, this is a lady, the Syrophoenician woman in some translations say she was begging for God to heal, Jesus to heal her demonized daughter. So, woman, great is your faith, be it done to you. She wouldn't say no for an answer. Everybody say, bulldog. <laughs> he loved it. He's like, he laid, she laid hold. I'm not leaving here. We'll eat the crumbs off the table. I'm not going. And, and he said, oh my gosh, what great faith. What great faith. Anybody need, just go ahead and tell your own spirit. Great faith. Great faith. Say, so I'm going to be a bulldog with the Word of God. That's what I'm going to I'm a bulldog. I'm going to lay hold of the promises and keep them. Amen? He says, your da and his, her daughter was healed instantly. And then even the faith of the penitent prostitute who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. In Luke 7, 50, it says, uh, then the woman says, your faith has what? Has saved you. Peace be with you. So here's the thing. When, when Jesus said to certain people, your faith has made you well, Watch this. He was saying that their faith, their confidence in him has been the means of their restoration. The power of Christ was what affected the cure. It's the power of Christ. But the power was applied in connection with their faith. Let's make it simple. Just as faith of some enabled them to receive healing, so healing is sometimes stymied as well. I'm going to get to the end of this. You guys remember in Nazareth? The unbelief in Nazareth? How many of you know? Remember Jesus went to his hometown and they said, oh, aren't you Joseph's son? What are you doing? He's standing up there and he reads in the, in the, in the synagogue and he reads you know, Isaiah 63 
And he says, I've come to set the captives free. You know, this anointing is upon me and all that stuff. He says, and the, the, today, this, this, what you just heard is fulfilled in your sight. And they said, what? We know you. Don't you make cabinets and stuff? Look what it says. It says, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their what? Unbelief. So let's go to the next slide. Everyone who is saved must believe. But it is the power of Christ that saves not the power of faith. Faith is only the instrument, not the power itself. Get a hold of this now. See, look, without Jesus, what are you believing in? Without the Word of God, what's your faith? It's not your faith doing the faith thing. It's your faith in the Word of God. It's your faith in the person of God. Is that helpful? I felt like the Lord said, just show the function of faith. The function of faith is we believe Jesus. We believe his word. We grab a hold of it like a bulldog. We hold on to his word. It's him we're interacting with. It's him we're drawing power out of. Like that lady with the issue of blood. She's saying, if I only touch the hem of his garment, if I only touch the hem of after 12 years, I'm just sick as a dog. I've been used up all my money. I have nothing. If I just get to Jesus, if I just get to, if I just touch him, I could, if I could just, and then she reaches out in the crowds all around. She just reaches through and touches him. Virtue goes out of him. It wasn't her faith in her faith. It was her faith in Jesus. Her faith in him. And he goes, who touched me? It was so powerful it pulled it right out of him. I remember when after Pastor Jack had visited our church and he, um, way back, oh, 26 years ago, so way back, and, and uh, after he left, I felt different. I was like, something's happened. I felt really good, and then I went through two weeks of just being beat up. I said, what the heck? You know, I said, what happened to me? And uh, then I went back to be a part of a cleansing stream retreat, and of all things, I'm there on a church on a Wednesday night, and he calls me up and has us pray for the retreat and say, hey, Roger, come up here. You're back for the, yeah, I said, you know. So we had a time of prayer for the retreat because it was coming up. And then I got off the platform, and he was leaving, and he's always on the move. And I ran it behind him, just like this Syrophoenician, I mean, just like this lady with issue of blood, except I wasn't sick. I wanted to know why, what I went through, why I went through what I went through. And I, I went up, and I had faith and I said, why did this happen to me? And I reached out and I touched him. Well, you know, he turned around. And I said, why did this happen to me? He just turned around and touched, my touched me on the chest and said, government. The Lord imparted an anointing that's off of his life of government onto my life. And hell went, oh, no. I didn't even know what happened. But that anointing came over my life. And then hell started beating me up, trying to knock me out of What the heck? And I said, why did I go through warfare? I don't even know why. Because the adversary saw an impartation. Are you there? Now, I feel like this is a word of wisdom for some of you. Sometimes the Lord just gives you something. He imparts something on you. And then you go through a wrestling match. I wasn't planning to share that. But I feel like the Lord is helping me see. See, some of you, it's like, wait a minute. There are things that God started to grow in my life. And then I go through these warfares. I don't even know what's going on. Am I right there? So he imparts things. Was it somebody said, the same prayer it takes to get a person of conviction, godly conviction, into a public office, you're going to have to have the same prayer to keep them in the Lord after they get there. Because <laughs> there's a wrestling match. There's a fight. So Jesus is the power. 
The Word of God is the power. Faith in the Word of God draws upon the power. Faith in His Word draws upon the power. Is this helpful today? Now let's say it again. I am walking in the light of the Word, and the Word of God says He has heard me. The Word says I am healed. The Word says I have my healing, and I believe the Word of God. See, now, we're not trying to... There's a difference between a legalistic aspect of this and a life-begetting faith. There is a, a warfare that happens, but there's that tenacity to hang on to a promise and to literally, when, when my brother called me up, because when we, when we had been to visit them, we saw the, the beginnings of what, what, she, what uh, Robin started to go through physically. And I said, she doesn't seem right. And about a month later, he calls me up and he's distraught like you wouldn't believe. He's majorly distraught. And so she, she was, uh, so he calls me up and I'm, I'm talking to him about it and he says, I need you to get this. Don't share this with anyone. See, when Jesus showed up at Jairus' house, there were unbelievers in the house. He said, I need all of you to leave. I want faith-filled people in the house. I want people who stand tenaciously to see resurrection power happen in this little girl. So he said, don't share it with anybody. We're not sharing it with anybody. But we're going to stand on his word. So you don't go trumping it out. And people go, oh yeah, my daughter had that. Oh yeah. And you get a bunch of oh yeah in your head. That's not wise. Because it's got to grow. Faith will grow. There's one other amazing story, and we're gonna, then we're going to have the communion. Jesus went, was, was walking along, and he was kind of hungry, and he did an object lesson. And the object lesson was, you know, that fig tree doesn't have any figs on it yet. It should be, it's, it's that time of year. It should be having, I don't know, I looked at my hand. It's, uh, that should be having some figs on it. And it didn't have any figs. Some people say that was because of the next thing that happened. They think maybe that was a picture of Israel, but he wasn't cursing Israel. He did go cleanse the temple. I think that's kind of adding more to it. I think it was just a simple object lesson in faith. Because then he's, see, every single time you see Jesus, he's speaking life. Life and death. Everybody say life and death and the power of the tongue. This is one example where Jesus speaks death to something. He says... This, this fig tree, you, you basically shrivel up and die. The next morning, they come walking by, and Peter goes, Hey, look at that thing. Look at that. That tree, it's already, it's, it's dying. You spoke to it yesterday. Everybody say, you can speak to the root of a negative thing, something that's not producing the way it should, and get rid of it, right? Hello? And Jesus says, have faith in God. And then he says, have faith in God. Truly I say, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, says to the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, 
but believes what he says, it will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus took this moment of removing a negative, non-producing thing to say, have faith in God. You can do this. We're going to have communion and we're going to speak to the negative thing today. Let's go ahead and as we begin to serve uh, everybody here, I want to ask if you would partake. We're going to receive the bread first. We're going to receive the bread and hold it until hold it on hold on to until everybody has received. How are we doing today? I felt like a, uh, I feel like it's beginning to happen. I feel like a spirit of faith of encouragement is coming in. I felt a quickened when I was studying this that the Lord is going to release more and more of a sense of, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Just go ahead and tell your spirit, I can believe God for greater things. When you hold that in your hand, I just want you to think of the faith. The Bible, the Bible says this. The Bible says in a, a Hebrews that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, who did Jesus have faith in? Father God. He had faith in the Word of God. When the devil came to come against him in the, in the desert, he quoted the Bible. He quoted a verse of the Bible. He quotes the Word of God. He says, he tells us to put the Word of God so that that's our belief system. Now, Jesus is the living Word of God. He's walking around as the living Word of God. This is what I want you to latch on to. Jesus can bring through faith because he's the author and finisher of our faith he can bring healing to us because he walked through the suffering you see it says for the joy before him the very next thought in that verse is for the joy before him he what endured the cross he endured the cross how many I was talking to a, a young man the other day and he's been through quite a disciplinary process with God. He was way off, and he's now embraced the correction process. And now the favor of the Lord is being added to his life. And I said, it's good to see the blessing of the Lord on a chastened spirit. That the person said, I'm not going to give to my flesh in the way I used to give to my flesh. And it was hard on them. But Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus went through the discipline to die to the flesh. He even prayed three times. Please, you know, if there's any way to take this cup from me, but not my will, thy be done. And for the joy set before him. And I don't know exactly what the picture of the preferred future is. You know, but he had a, a, a he, once he knew down in his heart, he was a bulldog holding on to, I'm going to do this and be reunited with the Father 
I'm going to make the way for all of us to come to know him. The Lord probably had, could you imagine, could you imagine that when he was on the cross that maybe even your face flashed before his mind? That he saw you as the reason the joy set before him? Could you imagine that? Let's let worship bubble up out of our hearts for a moment. Just go ahead and give honor to the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Your word is a seed. Your word is a seed. And it produces belief. It produces life. It produces hope. It produces faith in us. It produces the obtaining ability. And we praise you for the faith that you've given us in Christ. Bless whoever needs help there. And as we lift it before you, Lord, we thank you that you have died in our place. Go ahead and say that. You have died in my place. To say, you are my healer. You are my savior. You're my forgiver. You're my restorer. Every broken place, you restore. In the name of Jesus, let's partake. I felt like uh, just as I reached over to pick up the cup, uh, I felt like the Lord impressed me with the idea of generational infirmity. We need to do with people that fight sickness, but it's, it's come down the family. The spirit of infirmity has invaded, come down the family line. I don't know if that's you, but sometimes people don't even know that they have that just always struggle if this is resonating in your heart then I want you to really pray with me say this Father God in the name of Jesus it is my desire to be well and I repent for all of my uh, my father and my mother and grandfather and grandparents go ahead say father mother and my grandparents on both sides of the family every single time they opened up a door to the spirit of infirmity through any kind of sin or belief system. Forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the power of the blood up my family line to break every sin's power that loosened infirmity into the family. We take authority over it now. We decree the power of the blood breaking the power of infirmity in the name of Jesus and now Lord Jesus we receive the blood that destroys the yoke of, of sickness the yoke of sickness be broken be destroyed spirit of infirmity be gone in the name of Jesus Christ I receive the blood that breaks your hold on my family and on my life now in Jesus name let's praise him hallelujah praise you Lord praise you Lord now receive it in faith thank you Jesus praise you Lord thank you Jesus hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. 
I want us to just stand before the Lord for a moment. Just go ahead and if you would, just stand before the Lord. Lift your head and praise Him, Lord. So I just say, Lord, for every seed, every, every quickening, every breath of Your Spirit, every life-giving moment, in the name of Jesus, we lay hold of it in our hearts. This worship now. The worship is the perfect environment of receiving the love of God and letting that water come upon that inner sea, that inner truth that you receive right now. Let's praise Him now. Just praise Him. Say, Jesus, you're worthy of praise and honor. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Praise your name, Lord. You can never praise the Lord enough for all his... This is, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who heals all my diseases, who forgives all my iniquities. He restores my youth like, like the eagle. So, Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We receive the healing touch of Jesus Christ in our bodies right now. We receive the healing grace of Jesus. Just go ahead and receive it. Say, I receive your healing grace in my body. I receive it. I receive it over my heart. Every place where I have been wayward or hurt or uh, troubled, thank you for washing the shame and the pain away. Give me a, a new life and new sense of hope where I've been under it. I ask, Lord, for your grace. That's just worship. There's a spirit of healing here. Just pray. Go ahead and put your hand on your heart if you would. Hallelujah. Just tell your heart, you're going to walk with Jesus in a new way, in a deeper way, in a more powerful way, in a loving way, in an intimate way. You're going to know the Lord. And I, listen. This is kind of, it's not silly, but it, it is uh, precious and powerful. I feel like the Lord wants to literally embrace some of you and give you a kiss. The Lord loves you. The Lord cherishes you. The Lord wants you to be filled with His, with His life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is not the one that was cruel. The Lord is here to take away the pain of the cruelty. The Lord was not the cruel one. He wasn't the cruel one. Jesus is here to wash away the effects of cruelty. Now. Now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed Lord, we love you. We, I decree over our congregation, we're all bulldogs for the healing power of Jesus. We lay hold of the promise that we are healed in Christ Jesus. We believe what you say in your word, and we believe it. We believe you. We believe it. We believe you, Lord. We believe your word. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for the power of your spirit. Thank you for the authority of Jesus Christ over our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we release the power. Uh, if you've got little kids or older kids, in Jesus' name, we release the power of Jesus into their lives. 
now in Jesus' name. We release the power of God's love into the family in the name of Jesus. We release the power of Jesus' love upon the children now in Jesus' name. I feel like the Lord is saying that uh, the hell, hell has warred against your family, but I've come to war against hell. I've come to war against who has warred against you. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him, guys. We sat at the table and we received the life of Jesus. And the Lord's saying, I am in dominion over your life. And I want you to rise up in this dominion I give you and stand in it. Be assured in it. Know. Know Him. Know that He is in authority. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have a few people going to be down front praying. Hallelujah. What a holy moment here. Holy moment. The Lord says, let me release my love and faith into your spirit. I'm giving you a greater measure now. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. If you have further need for prayer, we have a few up here that will agree with you. We're going to dismiss our service now. Love on each other. You're dismissed.